Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. You know I'm a big fan of enjoying life while still being smart financially. That's why I love ButcherBox. I can get a variety of high-quality meat, seafood, chicken, and pork at an amazing value, all with exclusive member deals delivered to my door with free shipping always. One thing I just never wanted to cut out of my spending plan is eating good food. And with ButcherBox, I don't have to, and neither do you. Where else can you get free protein for a whole year? Yes, you heard that right. One of my favorite go-to dinners is a salmon bowl. I'm not even a huge salmon lover, but ButcherBox's wild-caught salmon is Oh, so good. I make a nice little marinade, saute some veggies, cook the salmon, and throw in some weiss. And it is an amazing dinner. If you want to take less trips to the grocery store and always have prepared meat in the freezer for a lot less money, you need ButcherBox in your life. Sign up at butcherbox.com etm and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash etm. Hi, I'm Shauna Compton-Game. This is Millennial Money. And today we have an awesome guest with us, Nadia. She's coming all the way from the UK to join us on this podcast. Nadia, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you so much for inviting me. I feel very conscious of my English accent now. <laughs> oh, no. I, you know, we've got listeners all around the world. So um, I, the, you are actually, I think, our first international guest um, that is actually, you know, coming to us from somewhere, you know, as they say, across the pond. So I, I think it's super exciting. Oh, well, I love um, I love working with people all around the world. And I think, um, you know, the English accent, people seem to really like it. And then they all do impressions of me and they're like, bits and bobs. Right. And <laughs> do impressions. Yeah, I mean, you know, the stereotypes, of course, we've all got to get our tea and biscuits and, you know. 
I don't even like tea. I think that makes me weird. But, um, yeah, people think we drink a lot of tea and that we talk about the weather a lot. (laughs) I think we do, but that's kind of part of our culture. (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, the weather weather isn't that great, right? I mean... No, although the thing is, I've just got back from um, a mastermind in New York where it was super hot, like unbelievably hot. So kind of coming back to grey, kind of slightly chilly England was actually a relief. (laughs) Yes, I can imagine. Well, you have this um, incredible business, Little Voice Big Business, and, you know, obviously you, you talk very openly about, um, you know, your voice and your, and your challenges and kind of getting past self-doubt. And what you really do, which I think is awesome, is you help teach uh, solopreneurs and entrepreneurs, you know, kind of how to embrace who they are and, you know, turn that into a business and not to be afraid of, you know, maybe whatever is different or unique about yourself. So I'd love to just take a few minutes and and maybe you could just tell all the listeners, you know, what is your background and kind of how you got into the business that you're in? Okay, sure. Well, um, so I've always been fascinated by entrepreneurship. I always knew I wanted to start a business, but I didn't know how or what it would be. Um, So a good few years ago now, um, I set about writing a book with my friend, Emily, um, and it was called More to Life Than Shoes. And we went off and we interviewed all these amazing women to discover how they had achieved um, success in their lives. And off the back of that being published, that was when I started my first business, which was um, a network for female entrepreneurs. Um, And then I started another business in PR, and I realized after a a big drama with my business partner that the thing I really loved was the strategy and helping people to grow their businesses. So that's kind of the facts. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of how it happened. How I got into being a business coach um, was essentially because given the chance even if I wasn't being paid, this is kind of the thing I would do. So if I meet somebody in a pub and we have a chat and they tell me they want to change their lives or quit their jobs, um, we end up talking about business. And somehow that is the thing that I'm always drawn back to. So I just love helping people to kind of create their own future. So for me, the idea of working in a job is so painful. Yes, right? I, <laughs> I just can't do it. I'm, I, I remember someone once telling me that they didn't think I was suited to working. And I got really offended at the time. But actually, I think they were right. I think it's more that I'm not suited to working for somebody else. <laughs> right, yeah. And I think what's, you know, you, you make such a good point is, you know, so, so many of us think we have to be one way or the other. Um, and, and we feel like we have to fit in some sort of box that, you know, hey, some of us aren't, you know, fluorescent lights, big no. office people. Some of us are, you know, like you and myself, we're, we're entrepreneurs and, and, and it takes all different kinds to make the world go round. And, you know, yeah, you can be successful exactly. in whichever area, you know, you really excel in. 
Yeah, and I think the thing is, as well with business, when I first started exploring this idea of, you know, entrepreneurship, running my own gig, um, it felt really alienating. So the kind of role models, the people who were doing business, um, entrepreneurship were very much like the alpha males. Um, It felt like you had to be putting in all the hours, um, you know, that you wanted to build a team, you wanted to get investment, you know, it was seemed to be on such a huge scale, so kind of um, loud and slightly arrogant. And that's just not me. So for a while, I couldn't see how I would fit into that mould. And then, like you said, eventually, um, I realised that actually, it's about being yourself. And it's not about what anybody else is doing. So I guess if anybody out there listening is thinking about getting into business, but can't see how they fit in, um, I kind of I have a bit of a story, don't I to tell you? Yes, please. (laughs) About about my voice, really, and how I actually kind of turned something which could have been my biggest insecurity into an asset and um, something which has defined my brand and the way I work so yeah essentially it's all started um so when ever since I was young um I've sounded like this <laughs> <laughs> and I guess my voice didn't really change too much as I got older so now you know when I ring somewhere people ask if they can speak to my (laughs) mum and it's just one of those things which now I just I either think it's funny or um I've just kind of get a bit cross but I'm used to it so it doesn't really bug me but I know that it's definitely been a thing and um you know when I was working I remember people saying oh you know you need to go on elocution lessons and learn how to breathe and sound like Margaret Thatcher you know (laughs) (laughs) that's great I love that it's hideous and I remember going to some of these lessons and like lying on the floor and they're like oh yes and every time you open your mouth you need to do these like 75 different things and I'm thinking really I I just can't imagine that I'm going to embrace that and actually I don't want to um but yeah I would constantly being told that um you know I did have good things to say, but I lacked gravitas. <laughs> ah, yeah, there's a word. Yeah, I know. And I used to, I remember I had these hilarious kind of serious glasses. They were my, no one knew this, but they were my, like, my glasses of gravitas. And I used to think, well, if I put those on for a meeting, then I'll look really serious and it'll be fine. <laughs> And actually, um, you know, obviously it didn't really work. And But after a while, you know, from being told that a few times, it does affect you, even if you, you know, you crack on. So I, you know, I got into, wrote my book, started businesses, and I thought everything was fine. And then I realized that, well, in hindsight is a great thing, but I was obviously giving off a vibe that I didn't quite believe in myself because somehow I attracted this girl into my business and allowed her to kind of infiltrate yes. <laughs> the business, um, which was very foolish. And essentially she was a, a 
bully and I allowed that to happen to me because I think I didn't believe that I would be capable of running this business by myself even though I'd founded it and grown it and had been doing so successfully up until that point so clearly I wasn't entirely 100% confident in my own abilities so I had some it all hit the fan went really wrong um, we had a massive legal battle in the end, oh, which, no. was, which was pretty hideous. And But somehow something in me clicked, and I just thought, I'm not taking this anymore. Um, you know, you've messed with the wrong person. And I remember I got to say the line, you can expect to hear from my lawyer. Oh, yes! <laughs> I know! I was like, ha! Um, and so yeah it all kind of kicked off and then after that happened I did some serious kind of soul searching um, and made the decision that I was perhaps better off running my business by myself Um, and I think you know sometimes that's okay you don't need a team necessarily Um, and I realized that I was going to do it my own way and so while we'd worked together you know, there were accusations that she used to hurl at me about playing small, not, you know, not kind of being ambitious enough, not being strong enough, all this kind of weird stuff. And, you know, it, it kind of, it left a bit of a mark on me. And actually, when I was by myself, then setting up as a, a coach, eventually having the confidence to go and do my thing, I realised that I didn't want to be like all the other coaches um, who are the kind of equivalent of that. So often you'll see in in the world of business strategy or coaching, people are like, oh, look at me. I'm so fancy. (laughs) Um, I've got big shiny hair. I drive a sports car and I make a bajillion dollars and I'm so amazing. Rah, rah, rah. And, you know, I'm not like that, really. And I think that actually the work needs to stand up for itself. It's not about the show. So I did feel a kind of disconnect between me and what was happening with everyone else. And eventually, with some encouragement, (laughs) I realised that the thing that made me me was, uh, you know my voice and the fact that I am a bit you know self-deprecating you know that I have these struggles like other people have and actually that's really helped me in my work because I understand what it's like so when someone says oh my god I just you know I really I really want to put my prices up but I I just don't think I can do it um or I really want to start this thing, but I'm worried or I've got the demons, you know, people are in my voice, voices in my head saying you can't do it um, or that you're comparing yourself to others. You know, I know what that's like and I know how to get past that. So I think by being honest, it's really helped. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's such a great message that, you know, people... Um, really need to to understand. And I've done a lot of talking about this, about, you know, standing up and empowering yourself and kind of 
you know, just championing who you are. You know, I think especially with social media and reality TV and all of these crazy things, you know, that we have in the world now, it's so easy to look at somebody else and think that you have to be a photocopy of what they are or a photocopy of their business. And in actuality, if you just be who you are and be really good at what you do, no matter what that is, you're going to stand above the crowd. Yeah, precisely. Because nobody... Nobody is the same as you. No one's got your skills, your, the, com- the unique combination that is you, your skills, your experience, your story, and the way you do it. Like, I help my clients all the time to uncover the uniqueness that is them, because sometimes it's hard to see it yourself. And sometimes, like I did, it's the thing that you avoid so I was, I mean, I didn't exactly do this, but I used to almost think, oh, I'm just going to not mention <laughs> the fact that I sound like this. And, you know, maybe no one will notice. I just won't make any videos. I won't ever record my voice. I'll just write blogs. It'll be fine. And, you know, it wasn't until I actually kind of had this elephant thing in the room was like the thing that actually is you know, makes me completely memorable and also helps me resonate with my clients. Once I did that, you know, now I'm not like anybody else out there. Um, and it, But it was, you know, it was quite a scary thing. And I remember when I first started out a few years back in the coaching business and I just looked all around me and everyone was doing the same thing. And, you know, I even see it today. I was handed a business card that was literally a carbon copy. It had a photo on it and it was a carbon copy of many other people I've seen in the industry. And I just thought, how ridiculous that you'd literally copy where you're standing, what you're holding, the colours, like all those things, you know, and everyone's morphing into one. So I think if someone's considering starting a business or they've already done it, it's so important to try and uncover, you know, whether you the way you work is different because maybe you're really into soccer or (laughs) or you really like punk rock or you know jazz from the 40s or you've you know you've got like a mohican (laughs) (laughs) or or, you know anything or you really like riding a push bike like it could be anything and that's the thing that you kind of use as a hook and you build your business and brand around it but it's something that people will remember um, and I think people don't do that enough. I think they try and blend in. And I can understand that you want to blend in because it's scary to be a bit out there. But actually, you'll get more clients and make more money if you're different to everyone else. Yeah, that's such a good point. So when you're when you're sitting in a pub and you're talking about, you know, business idea with somebody um, or they're running something past you, you know, what kind of advice do you give to people? You know, how do they figure out like whether an idea is good or not good? Because there are some good ideas and there are some ideas where it's like, I don't know if that'll actually work, you know, and sometimes you actually get into the business and realize like, okay, I got to jump ship, you know, this 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 is probably not going to pan out well, but what kind of advice do you give to people to just figure that out? Well, the first thing, I mean, one common mistake which I've seen, which I would advise everybody to have a little think about, 
I see a lot of businesses being started, first of all, where it's something that you feel passionately about, something you believe in, something you want to change. Um, and it's all about you, but yeah. it's not about your customer. So what happens is you're like, you know, I just really think that, you know, everyone, I'm trying to think of an example quickly, uh, everyone should wear gloves for driving. You know, I just think it's a better experience. Wearing driving gloves is the best thing in the world. Um, You know, I believe passionately in it and I'm going to change the world, right? Right. (laughs) Okay, now... You might believe that, but the problem is not many other people will agree. Um, And if you haven't gone and actually spoken to other people, people who are objective, who are not related to you, who are not in love with you. (laughs) Very important. Yeah, like asked them whether they think this is something they would be interested in and even you can push it to the next level offer them the opportunity to part with cash for it um you're just not gonna know so i'm i really believe in taking ideas out there to the people talking to people before you even shape your idea so you get really honest feedback from a handful of people that's um, one of the things I do with my clients is we we go talk to people and most people haven't done it because they're scared or they can't be bothered and they're too excited and actually you can find out amazing stuff just by talking to people um, and also like I said making sure you're doing this for the right reasons that there really is a need that people actually want what you're doing that you haven't decided to become a coach specializing in people you know I'm trying to think um, because you think it's important for everyone to eat more broccoli um, actually that's a bad idea because it's probably a good idea to eat right? more broccoli. it is probably a good idea <laughs> yeah. but maybe you think it's um trying to think of a good food one because I do see a lot of people in the health space doing this and actually I had a really good conversation with somebody who you know was trying to sell their services on the basis that what they would do would give people more energy right oh yes okay but people aren't going to pay to get more energy they pay to lose weight right and then a side effect is that they have more energy but if you you know when you pitch it slightly wrong and you're giving people what you want them to want they're not necessarily going to pay for it that's (laughs) a great point yes right so do you see the difference when you pitch something at people and you're like you know they're like I really want them to want more energy like I really believe this is the thing and you think yeah but has that worked no right (laughs) when you mention weight loss what happens oh yeah no they all sign up when I mention weight loss and you're like hello (laughs) ding 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 yes (laughs) it's funny isn't it because you know maybe we don't really want to admit that that's what people want but actually if you want a business that makes money it's much easier if you're selling something that people actually want than you know otherwise (laughs) yeah absolutely no that's that's awesome advice so if if somebody is you know got got an idea and they're 
they want to launch, you know, how can they do this without going broke? Because you see so many people who spend so much money and, you know, they, they rack up credit card bills and all sorts of things. And then, you know, the idea doesn't work and now they're left with all this debt. You know, what kind of advice do you offer for that? I see this happening a lot, particularly, I would say, in America. Um, In the UK, (laughs) people are really tight. Like, when they're starting a business, they don't spend any money. Um, You know, in fact, as I was kind of developing business ideas, I've started businesses for about, like, £50, which is about $100, you know, and not, you know, not spent any money at all. But I think what happens, and people do get sucked into this idea that they need everything to be perfect and shiny before they start. So I've seen people who've spent thousands on their branding, their websites, um, their photo shoots. You know, it's always the kind of the fancy pants um, stuff on the outside. And I feel like, and this is a bit controversial, but it <laughs> there's, we've got this expression in England, which is, it's all fur coat and no knickers. <laughs> I don't which, even know what that means, but I love it. <laughs> It just means, like, you can imagine a really glam, like, someone wearing a, a fur, like a big fur coat with nothing on underneath. It's like you've sorted out the outside, like, all the fluff around it is there, so you've invested all this money in making everything look fancy, but the bones of it is not sorted and so ultimately you've wasted your money because you haven't checked to see if anybody wanted this thing in the first place so my advice would be hold off on the spending get some advice um don't necessarily spend thousands and thousands on advice you know I work with people in my academy and it's I do it deliberately in a very affordable way because I feel very strongly that you shouldn't be spending thousands and thousands of dollars on business advice um, unless you really need to. So the point is, make sure the concept is strong um, and that people want to buy it, particularly with a service-based business. There's no reason on earth why you should be spending more than you're making. Exactly. you don't have a product <laughs> like you don't you don't have to pay for tooling or prototypes or factory space with a service it's literally just you and i think there's some weird shenanigans going on where people are like oh i need to have all this fancy software and all this complicated tech stuff before i can sell anything and I really think, oh, my God, what's going on? Because that's just not true. You need to get some clients first. You need to have people paying you for your service. And then you can scale up. It's like it's all got it's all around the wrong way. And I think that spending money becomes a kind of distraction when because people are afraid of the sale they're afraid of actually going to get the clients so they busy themselves with all this other stuff which has cost them thousands of pounds or dollars and uh it's kind of mad really and i think it's got to stop yeah i i couldn't agree agree more with you um you brought up an interesting point that i'd love to just get your um input on so 
you know, if, I think it's really fascinating always to, when I talk to people from different countries, um, and, and you brought this up about kind of the differences between entrepreneurs in the U.S. and, and in the U.K., have you noticed like any other, you know, kind of differences or similar similarities and, and, and what is it like to be an entrepreneur in the U.K.? Is it, is it easy or is it difficult? Um, I think, um, well, you may know <laughs> that the UK is going through a very tricky time right now. Yes, it's, we might have yeah. heard about that. <laughs> Some crazy stuff's going down. So I think it's all going to go a bit pear-shaped in the UK um, for entrepreneurs in general because of Brexit. We're leaving the EU for some crazy reason. God yes. knows why. Um, but aside from that, I think, you know, starting a business in England is easy. We don't have as many hoops or bits of bureaucracy to jump through as other countries, um, which is awesome. Um, so I think there's some sort of level of encouragement there. However, there's little support. There's no kind of state funded stuff. They cut everything back. So there's a lot of people walking around with literally no idea what to do. Um, I think there's not a culture of coaching. So people, well, we're not very self-help in the UK, so we don't ask for help. (laughs) Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I've run a business like so. My my first business, the um, the network for female entrepreneurs, uh, which I ran in, I think it started in like 2011. I ran that for a few years and I needed a hand, you know, I scaled up, it was going great, but it wasn't very profitable and I could have really used some help, but I didn't ask for any. (laughs) I just tried it myself. I just changed things and went back and forth and got myself in a bit of a muddle because, you know, it wouldn't have occurred to me to get any help. I didn't even know you could get help, to be honest. Um, So you see it's really different over there. And I think so we don't have this culture of getting help and we don't have a culture of spending um, on a business. I think that's kind of unusual in the UK. People tend to try and get everything done on the cheap, um, which I quite like that bootstrapping idea. But I think sometimes you do need to spend money. Um, I know that sort of, well... It's counterintuitive, but I think the issue is when people are splashing cash on things they don't need, and also before they've checked what they're doing um, is the right angle. Because I've had to help lots of people change direction after they've invested (laughs) in courses. You know, what's this with all the courses? You know, I feel like people do a lot of courses and don't take enough action. <laughs> yes, I agree, right? There's a flurry There's a flurry of courses, and I always say, you know, no matter what you're signing up for or learning or whatever you're getting into, just make sure that at least whatever you're getting into, it's, it's quality. The person who's teaching it is quality. You know, I, I think people sometimes, especially in the U.S., don't spend enough time vetting things. It's like we just push the sign up button, you know, um, yeah, and then it's like, wait, what right. did I what did I just what did I just have my money go to? I, I don't really know. You know, I, and I think the reason that it's easy to do that is because obviously these sales pages and opt ins, everything's been designed to kind of persuade you to lure you in. 
Um, so you're being manipulated basically to, to buy. But also I think the issue is that most courses, unless somebody's actually helping kind of facilitate the program who's present you know during its delivery who's supporting the people on it it's really tricky to stay motivated and complete a course (laughs) by yourself particularly when you're learning loads of new things so um I, I think that's just something to be wary of too and you know when I run I run programs and have my academy but I'm always present like I feel really responsible for people I want to help people so I, I would never kind of have a, a kind of churning machine where people just go through and consume content and then I kind of wave them goodbye because oh and count my money <laughs> right right oh yeah yeah you left out that step yes <laughs> I need to do that and then buy a yacht and no. yes buy a yacht you know somewhere in the uh, yeah. French Riviera just go sail off yes yeah I don't I don't feel comfortable with that I feel like I want to see results from my people I want to help them properly rather than just kind of count the cash absolutely so, you and me both I, I know I think it's cool to connect with people that share your values but there's a lot of this mad stuff going on at the moment and you know I, I keep hearing kind of stories as well from people who've bought things from well-known people and been really disappointed by what what's been delivered so I don't necessarily think it's about going on reputation I think it's about going on recommendation exactly yep somebody who's who's been through it who is seen changes who have really experienced you know things that really have made an impact in their life or in their business whatever it may be yeah exactly impact I think that's the key thing so yeah when so when you are starting your business or growing a business I do think that it's about whether someone is willing to pay you money for what you sell or what you do um and that's fairly easy to ascertain (laughs) yes um and I think that people avoid trying that because making stuff is more fun yeah absolutely absolutely well Nadia the time has just like flown by this has been so awesome um I would love to have you on as a guest again in the future um if anything just to talk about the very interesting differences between the UK and the US um but how can people find you if they want to learn more about the academy or more about what you do yeah um so my website is nadiafina.com and I actually have something really cool that you guys might enjoy. Um, I have a challenge um, which you might like to take part in. It's a five-day challenge called Profit Pump. And it takes you through some really simple ways to make more money in your business. So if you go to nadiafina.com forward slash challenge, you can uh, sign up and start making a bit more money. (laughs) Oh, fantastic. Awesome. Well, again, thank you so much for joining us. It has been an absolute pleasure. Oh, thanks for having me. And I'll come back anytime. 